0: Hey, firecrackers, it's Naomi, and welcome to the firecracker department. It's early, it's the day before our big firecracker department, TIFF Brunch, and uh, you know, with these kind of events, you gotta, gotta, it's the home stretch, and uh, you gotta keep going right now. And so that means waking up at seven and doing this intro, but that's okay. That's okay, the birds. I mean, I am getting some sideways looks from some birds going, what are you doing up? This is usually our time, you know what? I can be here, too. (laughs) Okay, here we go. So, I'm so excited that my guest today is Michelle Buteau. She's not only an actress, she's a comedian, she's a writer, she's a host, she's a podcaster, she's a producer, she's a mother of twins. What? Oh, my gosh. And she is this year's Firecracker Department Blaze Award recipient. So there's a lot to celebrate in this gal. You'll know her from shows like Always Be My Maybe, Tales of the City, Russian Doll, oh, I love that show, The Circle on Netflix, The First Wives Club on BET, Broad City, oh my gosh, love that show, Two Dope Queens, and that's just TV. She's hosted and produced talk shows like the podcast Adulting and the other podcast called Late Night Whenever. And if that's not impressive enough, she's got her stand-up special, Welcome to Butopia, On Netflix it's gonna premiere on Netflix oh I'm excited it's 7 in the morning oh gosh the squirrels have lined up at this point and are like you're really jazzed this I am jazzed because I'm talking I'm talking about Michelle Buteau (laughs) those guys all right go find some some nuts go on get out of here you crazy kids so Netflix premiere funny honest like right like no holds barred she's like One of those people that is unapologetically who she is and, I mean, from my perspective, she doesn't need to apologize. She's fantastic. Because you think, oh, I've got a lot going on with this, that, and the other. Well, she's got this, that, and the other, and twins. Like, when I called her to talk to her about the Blaze Award, she had these two little cute beings crawling all over her and she's somehow still producing Funny, funny, amazing content. She's got her book coming out, Survival of the Thickest in December. I mean, come on, come on! We met on another Netflix show on the new film called Work It. Uh, We jumped into transport together. We talked for 30 seconds and we were instantly friends. And that's the kind of woman she is. So while the rest of the cast were like dancing around, putting their legs next to the ears, we were connecting and having some pretty great snacks so you tell me who won i don't know i feel pretty victorious i knew she was funny before we met because i've known of her work for a long time and then just to meet her and find out just what a gem she is it was a it was a real treat so when it came time to plan our annual tiff brunch and we started talking about the blaze award i was like it's michelle buteau there's no there's no discussion and i shared a bunch of Uh, clips with the core team and talked about what she's doing in the world and her activism and her generosity and her commitment and her just her her butoisms and everybody was absolutely in agreement we created the blaze award to honor spectacular artists who are contributing to their community and breaking the ceiling helping pave the way for others and just making really good content in a purposeful way last year we celebrated singer-songwriter author podcaster, fantastic personer, Jan Arden and uh, that was such a fun event and this year we absolutely had to celebrate the year of Buteau. Michelle represents just everything that we are at Firecracker Department, everything we stand for, positive creative action. She's doing that, she's doing it with kindness, she's doing it with positivity and I will follow wherever she goes. Big shout out to our sponsors for the Blaze Award which is this fantastic jewelry store called Made You Look in Toronto, Canada, madeyoulook.ca. They have one store and like a whole bunch of different designers. So every Blaze Award I reach out to Sarah who owns the store and she helps me pick out a beautiful piece of jewelry. I looked at past photos of Michelle and sort of got a sense of like, I wonder what kind of bracelet she would like and sarah and i chose this beautiful bracelet we had it engraved we shipped it to new york she received it and she loved it the bracelet itself was made by meg elizabeth of meg elizabeth bespoke jewelry she oh my gosh her stuff is so beautiful she hand makes amazing amazing one-of-a-kind pieces for special occasions like engagements weddings prop accessories for tv and film she can do anything she's a, a firecracker of all trades no doubt about it so you can find her online, magelizabeth.com, or see everything she makes in person at Made You Look, or go to madeylook.ca. Elizabeth, you're a genius. It's beautiful. Michelle loves it. So big love, big shout-outs to Made You Look Jewelry Store in Toronto on Queen Street West. Make sure if you get a chance, give them some love. This is not an easy time for any business, and every little bit of love sure helps. Madeyoulook.ca. Mwah! I love you, Sarah. All right, let's do this conversation. I had such a great time chatting with Michelle. Here is my conversation with Firecracker Department Blaze Award winner, Michelle Buteau. I made up this whole podcast thing just to <laughs> hang out with you. It's <laughs> exhausting.
1: Oh my I did God. It.
0: I knew you were extraordinary from the moment I met you when we were doing work at Onset and we traveled together, and you had been in a plane in isolation for like 84 hours or something crazy because they canceled your flight. And then as soon as I met you, I was like so enamored with who you are instinctually. And then I saw you like on set and I'm like, Oh no, you're just that. You're just that with everybody. You're this truth, but then real, like some people, you know, bomb, bomb, bomb. Um, but then some people behave that way as a, uh, you know, like as a deflector, like you do the jokes as a as a deflect, but that's not your jam. Like you are so real all the time. And I want to know what that came from. Like, where did you get addicted to that? Because I think that authenticity is addictive once you start going. I mean, I don't know. I wish <laughs> I could remember. <laughs> I wish I could remember, but I don't
1: know. Also, like, you know, growing up the only sort of weird light-skinned Caribbean bitch in central Jersey with big hair and like a fully formed body at 12 with freckles. People were like, what the fuck is it? So I feel like the things that I was hated for now I'm celebrated for because I, you know, didn't have, I'm the only child, so I really didn't have friends. So I would sort of talk to my dolls and we would have the realest conversation. So it's so nice. And I think when I think about doing stand up and going to a lot of different scenes in stand up, like the Chitlin circuits, the black circuit, the gay circuits, obviously the gay circuit, the mainstream circuit is the comedy clubs that you pay way too much money to go sit down, hoping that you see fucking Ben Stiller walk in or whatever the fuck you're doing. So I feel like, or going, to- <laughs> Ow. But I feel like going to <laughs> all these comedy um, clubs and different scenes in comedy sort of. Um, I was able to do that because I went to a lot of different schools growing up. And so you have to just have a handshake and a smile and just keep it moving. And that's the same thing coming to set. You know, you had been there for, God, I don't know how long y'all were taping, but I'm just showing up for my one or two days. Just a big titty happy mess off of a plane. Um,
0: Yeah, I just. Well, that formula works for you because you are beloved. Like there's, you have a chemistry that people are like, I want in on that. Whatever the Buteau is, I'm in on that. Oh, I love that. It's so funny you say that because
1: I really feel like it's so polarizing. People, it's like cilantro. People are into it or don't know how to take it. I taste like soap. My pussy tastes like (laughs) soap.
0: I've never thought you were like like cilantro. But I get it. I get it. I'm not for everybody. And then I'm... Like, I'm for somebody, but you're, you know what, you're for me. Like, I'm so reading your mail, picking up what you're putting down, all the expressions that you read on all the t-shirts, I'm all of those for you. (laughs) I just feel like, I also feel like you, the way you behave is so infectious that people are like, oh, she's being real with me? I'm not going to give you anything other than realness.
1: Well, there's no time in
0: life
1: to to be fake, I feel
0: like. I like that idea. I don't know if it's a time issue. It's more of a um, nerves and fear issue. We're like, all, I we're know we all afraid
1: it. or insecure of something. And if we all just understood that about each other, like truly just outside of the whole picture, everybody naked, like we all have something. It doesn't matter how thin, how tall, how short, how rich how whatever the fuck, we all have something. And if we can all come to the table, that truly is the Thanksgiving we should be fucking celebrating, bringing all of our fucking neuroses to the table and being like, that's so crazy because I do this and you do that. It's like, you know, otherwise it's like people who really try to, you know, fake the funk, they age me. I feel like, oh my God, I'm going to be I'm gonna I'm you're you are sucking all my joy out of my body. I feel like I'm gonna be bald at the end of this conversation. I, I
0: can't do it. Yeah. So where did where did that come from? Like I know you you know, you weren't always in stand-up and comedy, you were started in um entertainment reporting, yeah. which is a different level of truth, but you're not able to be I, I don't know. I would love to see entertainment reporting coming from you, your actual voice, because I think that'd be way more <laughs> than the facade that people put up. But that's why I couldn't like, make it, that- apparently. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, I think I always wanted to you talk to people because my family is so diverse, you know, American and also Caribbean and then also some European. And so i feel like once you have people in your family that uh, English isn't their first language, you just sort of, you know, figure out how to communicate. But, you know, my mom is very conservative and she used to straighten my hair a lot and cover my freckles and take me to church and be like, don't laugh so loud. Don't be so this, don't be so that. And so when I got to college, I wanted to be an entertainment reporter. And I remember my college professor was just like, but you're too fat to be on camera in front of the whole class. And I didn't challenge him because I didn't know that I could because he was older than me. And like, Real talk, I didn't see anyone like me on camera. So I'm like, I guess that's right. So I just went into production because I just loved creating. And, you know, I feel like it was always there, but um, there was no there was no Kris Jenner saying, you can do it, honey. So I make fun of my mom now because now she's um, team Titty Buteau. But before she's just like, why you got to do all this stuff? And now I make fun of her. I'm like, we could have been flying private, bitch. If you just believe me in seventh grade, we could have been flying private. Now
0: go in that line and right? take your shoes off. <laughs> i mean i read somewhere also that you were talking about how you're glad you're having success later because of dealing with the rejection would have been harder now or yeah. harder then.
1: yeah but i mean easier now for you it is easier now in that um i didn't know that it was just one person's opinion you know i just thought like that's how people really viewed me um and so right. everybody yes And now I realize that, you know, executives are just as scared as everybody else auditioning because they don't want to get fired. They don't want to be canceled. They don't want an article about them saying that they missed this person or passed on that or did the wrong thing. And so they're not taking chances like they should be. Um, just because I guess it's not in the budget and everyone cares about numbers as opposed to vulnerability and actually making something good. Which is why a lot of indie things fucking make it to the Oscars. Cause it's like what happens right. when you actually have some money and real fucking feelings to create something? Huh? Yeah. Magic. What? I know. Yeah,
0: do you remember seeing something like or witnessing an artist that was creating that kind of magic and being like, "I want, I want in on that"?
1: Oof, 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 oof. I, I mean, comedy comes to mind, really and truly. I'm trying to think of actors.
0: Um, well, I'll give you mine. yeah, Heath Ledger. Sorry, go ahead. Like, oh yeah, no, if you have got one, Le- What is it, Heath Ledger from which performance?
1: All of them, to be honest, even 10 Things I Hate About You. I'm like, why can't I stop watching him? Why He's playing this bad guy, but he's really a good guy, but he might be a bad guy. He's a good guy that makes bad decisions. And fuck, that's who he was in life. It was like fucking bananas.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, well, I mean, there's tons of moments where I discover comedians have, like, the depth that I just love so much that I see in you. Like, whenever you, even, like, as, you know, you've had, like, what they're calling like scene stealer moments but those moments are scene stealers because they're they're deep like Catherine o'hara in um um mighty wind funny funny ridiculous ridiculous and suddenly boom there's this oh. moment that you're like oh oh yes. my heart like i love yeah. that
1: so much oh she's so fucking talented i yeah. mean all the things oh uh, and she's so you it, and that's a beautiful thing too it's like when you can make your own lane you know, when you make your own box because there really is nobody like her.
0: Well, speaking of, like, don't you feel like you're doing that? This has been the year of the Buteau. Like, look at all the like I, I was looking at all the things that you've like jumped in on, like the the Always Be My Maybe and your the circle hosting the circle show. Like in diverse, like you wrote a book, you first wives club, there's so many things that you've done. Your head must be spinning.
1: No well my head's always spinning anyways. I always have like a lot of ideas and I like, you know, I'm always like looking at stuff and thinking and overthinking. And, um, and so it's really hard to sleep in general. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is who I've always been. And so, you know, it's funny because it's, uh, if, Now it's great because, you know, now I'm getting booked and shit. But before it was just the same. I was just auditioning for a bunch of stuff and or not even getting those auditions. And so I really do feel like Netflix has changed the game for everyone, especially as a plus size bitch. You know, like I don't think the industry even knew that big people were worthy of love and that people want to see it. And the fact that I'm um, getting these roles where I get to have sex scenes and, Um, be vulnerable and not just be the hey girl hey um, sassy fucking neighbor is fucking dope and so I feel like you know Netflix is hella popular and winning all the awards because they are taking chances and they're not just beholden to these three men who are fucking predators running a goddamn network right
0: yeah it does feel like you don't don't sleep And I feel like if you were getting a couple hours sleep, you're like, how can I shake this up? Oh, maybe I'll have some twins and then I'll make sure I never sleep again.
1: It's wild. It really is wild. Sometimes I, I'm just like, um, I don't know. I've always been like one of those. I just need 20 minutes to keep me going anyways. But now I'm like, yeah. What phase are we in? Because I need someone to rub these shoulders.
0: (laughs) What's your version version of self-care? Like, because, you know, it's so funny. I was doing like um, a meditation challenge with a friend of mine and, oh no, it was a self-care challenge. I challenge myself all the time. So it was a self-care challenge. And the things that were, that she put on my plate every day weren't things like have a massage, like do a thing. It's mostly like, just lock in to who you are for mm-hmm. 15 minutes or yeah. like, just take stock of what you love in the, in the world or breathe in the air. Like things that actually, you don't know are self-care, but if you do them- mindfully
1: they yeah are. It's yeah it's funny you say those words because that is me with everything i do in and out so if i'm making breakfast like i love food and um my husband's always like you're doing too much well these twins don't need three courses i'm just like but it's also an expression <laughs> of love and they're getting a fruit a protein and a meat or perhaps a carb and you know it's just like fun for me and like i have um like, sometimes I wake up and I'm like, I really just want to make a quiche. How do I So it's like that, right? And then I'm, I'm like, how do we, what are we going to wear today? Because I feel like, um, you know, <laughs> the way you present yourself to the world is like how you feel about yourself. And so even though I will get the kids dressed up, my husband's like, where are we going? I'm like, the kitchen. And we're going to look <laughs> good Because <doing> it. <laughs> it's like nowhere else to go. But let's take some pictures in the backyard. Because it's still a moment in time. It's still us looking, we're going to look back on this like 20 years from now and be like, oh, is that what I wore when I was two? It's like, yeah, it's fucking fun. And so whether it's us doing our hair or watching TV or even playing a game, I just feel like being mindful and thoughtful and not just having to get through the day is really how I get through the
0: fucking day. Do you know? I get it. I get it. Like we're on that same level with food where we'll wake up and I'll be like, I'm going to make sag paneer. I don't know yeah. how, and I'm gonna figure it out. And it's a it's how also much like, oh, is too much coriander. It's too much coriander.
1: Bringing it back never, to my pussy never. like cilantro. <laughs> this is gonna be the name of that episode. How
0: pussy tastes like toast. Sorry, soap. <laughs> toast. Oh wait, soap on toast? Um, no, I I like that. I don't do it enough. I think I sometimes like throw myself together to get to the thing. Yeah. As opposed to being mindful about the mini steps. And I think you're right. Like there's so many of the mini steps that we're missing out on that could be forms of self-care or self-expression. There's joy.
1: I find more joy in the mini steps than I actually get into the thing, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I yeah, did not I enjoy that. my wedding at all, but I didn't even enjoy planning it, but I enjoyed how much everyone else enjoyed it. And I was like, you guys are so dumb. This is just a party. Like I saw a magnet one. it's not about the wedding, it's about the marriage and ain't that motherfucking true. It's like, I wish my parents didn't pay for this expensive wedding, but put money into us getting a house and or couples therapy, you know, cause those are the things you really yeah. need the money for. If you want to be in a relationship, what was the
0: question? I think we were talking oh, about food know. and I went down I'm having a great time. I was talking about self-care yeah I want to and I think that like also looking at your trajectory like I think we in our career we kind of hit waves right like you've hit like a wave of like things are cooking Do, do you feel like something changed like or do you feel like you changed your mindset in any way that made things fall into place or do you just think it's the universe going all right it's your time Michelle I think it's a perfect storm of all of that. I mean, to be
1: honest, I was doing IVF for five years and after four miscarriages, but still having to show up and fly myself out to LA for meetings and pilots and stuff like that. I um had such a, I don't give a fuck. You know, I was so worried before about how I came across. I don't want to offend because I want to be asked back. I don't want to be the crazy bitch on the set. But I realized my crazy isn't even that crazy. It's just, it's just like a, hey, how... Hey, how are you? Like, I'm just a fairy godmother with back fat, which is like my vibe and I get it and I'm into it. And so once I stopped, people call
0: those wings.
1: (laughs) But once I, I just didn't have enough energy to give a fuck and I gained weight and I was sad, but also just like out here trying to get stuff done. So there was um, unmindfulness not for them, but for me, And so that's when I kind of started booking too. And I think that also was the wave of like Lizzo and um, Orange is the New Black, where all of a sudden, you know, people want to see different stories and they don't mind if there's more than one female or one ethnic female. But for a while, I was getting booked as um like the like the, the spanish gay person or like the black gay person like there was only one, only one there was one box and you had to fill it all you had to do yeah. it all you know so I mean? yeah. so yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah I, I think it's like i think it was a perfect storm of that i don't know
0: yeah I, i'm i'm astounded with that kind of um strength because i feel like when i hit like lows of those times of like it's not working it's it's hard for me to keep picking myself up yeah like how did you did i mean it's yeah it's just hard
1: yeah i don't know i think i'm um i think i'm a little batshit crazy to be honest because my husband's like can you stay home do you have to go and um to be honest you know it wasn't even me showing up for them sometimes it was me showing up for me like i still want to maintain some sort of normalcy and have something to put my lipstick on for do you know So Mm -hmm. I think it was a little bit of that too. And I'm glad I kept showing up because, uh, you know, I don't know if people can pick up on energy if they knew that I was going through something. Um, you know, when I am having a downward shame spiral, (laughs) it's still funny apparently. Like I remember this one, whatever, what, what was that movie with Will Smith back in the day where he was like the only one who wasn't like an alien or like a, or, um, a robot or something. He had a dog, whatever the fuck. And I auditioned to be like a girl being interviewed by a news reporter. And then like, I started crying blood. I'm like, I can't believe my whole family's died and I don't have it. And I start crying blood. And I'm like, I have it. And I started to cry and I like fell down did like a church drop. Where I'm like, no, Jesus. And like, I did all that stuff. <laughs> and then I'm doing my thing so hard, button, button, button. And then I just stop. And I hear, I thought they were crying with me the casting and I looked up and they were laughing hysterically at my pain and I was like oh this is just, <laughs> this is just
0: what it is I just think like there's also this level of like um mental checkout like when okay so you're dealing with like you've just dealt with four miscarriages in two years you're working on IVF that alone is like taxing on your body yeah I'm speaking without any kind of knowledge at all because I've never <laughs> been through it but I but can imagine Dr.
1: Ozzy got sticking needles it. into
0: you Yes. Yeah, no, thank you very much. I'm his understudy, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. And, but so I think about that. And then I think, how are you able to, like, to, to put that aside? Like, because I, I find sometimes, like, when I'm dealing with all those things, my mental capacity can't even, like, memorize lines or be present. Right. Like, are you, like, are you, like, in... I mean, meditation and yoga, I'm sure you do at least two or three hours of that a day. (laughs) I'm not. I don't think so. What do you think? What do you think the solution is to that?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. I feel like everybody has, um, everyone's different, but then also we are, we have different stages of our lives, right? And having a good friend or partner or um, therapist fucking helps. Having an outlet
0: fucking helps. And it But not I, just the three in the same person. Like <laughs> don't make your husband your best yes. friend and therapist. Yes, right? Monique, we talking to you,
1: bitch. We talking to you, Monique. <laughs> oh truly. Yeah. Them
0: checks can't always right? for the husband or partner. Yes. So like you're saying have like your three people on your team, your friend, your partner, your therapist ready for
1: Yeah, because you can't do it alone. I don't know how people think they can. And, um, you know, I have a gaggle of friends. I have friends from all walks of life. I've always did. And I feel like that's important because people just can't be agreeing with you. But um, people should have your back. You know, I didn't realize I can't talk to people about my boyfriend, fiance, husband, my marital status because. They're fucking judgy and we'll throw it back at you. And I'm like, ooh, cage animal energy match? No, thank you. Like, this (laughs) shit is real and it's hard. And when people don't know how to talk about it um, without being – uh judgmental i'm like oh you just haven't experienced it you're not ready i that that's what i tell myself anyway so i feel like there's got to be at least two or three people that you can absolutely confide in but you know i think it's also important to not make it all about fucking you because you learn from other um situations too so it is so beneficial to ask your friend <laughs> how they're doing, what they're going through too, because you know we can all learn from the good and the bad and and that doesn't always have to be in our backyard.
0: I'm just in agreement. I think that, um, I think yeah. it was Gloria here, I'm gonna get all Gloria Steinem on you. But I think she said like, if you have power, uh, listen more than you speak. And if you don't have power, speak more than you listen.
1: Yeah, thank you, Gloria. Ah oh, she could wear a belt right? like nobody's business.
0: I only want to wear black clothes <laughs> and- because of her. I'm just I know it. Saying. I know
1: it. What an icon!
0: I mean, it does feel like your like your standup also is not. Um, it's not. You're not making fart noises under your arm. Like you do have like a really strong <laughs> point of view. Although you could, I'd be very entertained. But uh, do you remember a time when you realized that that your voice? Uh, this was a great platform for your point of view and your voice. Like, was there ever a time that you were doing? sticky comedy and then you went wait a second i can actually speak some truthies here
1: yeah i don't know when the truthies happened i do think with um again to netflix and just putting out specials where you don't have to fit under the umbrella of um other cable networks that there are just like more male forward audiences where they're just like this is an international audience what do you really say we're going to give you time and breath in between to like nanette yourself or whatever the fuck Um, so, you know, Mm -hmm. that, I didn't even know that was an option. I just, for TV, I just thought that was something you do in a dark room when you have an hour to fill, and then you also have feelings to share. But, um, for, I did the college circuit for about five or six years. And I really feel like that sort of, um, hindered me as a comedian because I realized I was just pandering to really rich Mm. eighteen and 22 year olds that just showed up in their pajama pants for free chicken fingers. And you know what I mean? So I, when I got back to business and started doing stand-up for adults, I'm uh, there was so much that I didn't even realize I could talk about. So I don't even know when that happened really, but I, I, I do believe there was a shift with, um, the comedy lineup on Netflix where it was a 15 minute set. And I was like, this is easy peasy, super breezy. I know what 15 minutes is. I definitely want to say something. How do I fit it all in? And I'm so happy that one of those jokes went viral, which was a, nobody wants to see your dick joke because out of the Me Too movement and Time's Up, you know, it's our comedy is always about making some something sad, like uh, funny. But for me, it's like you cannot make assault and rape fucking funny. But what I can do is yell as loud as I can that I don't want to see your crusty fucking dick. You could still be up top, but I'm going to be down here where you have put me and I'm going to let you know, I don't want to see it. And I didn't even know it'd be a battle cry for women and men. Men would be mm. fucking DMing me in other countries and say, you know, I was walking down the street and these guys said so-and-so and I said so-and-so back. And I thought that was goddamn beautiful because sometimes you don't even know you could say something till somebody tells you. And you know you want to say mm. something, but you don't know what you want to say. So yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. we have to, words have power. It isn't even about having TV credit anymore. Like how many eyes on this? I mean, for me, it's never been about that anyways. It's just, I have to be able to sleep at night. I have to be able to, you know, look back on this 30 or 40 years from now and be like, I'm proud that I said that, or I was going through fucking something, you know, like when people are just like, how do you teeter the line between comedy and not offending people? It's just like, because I'm not an asshole. You know, because I'm not an asshole. Because I think outside of myself. Because I realize other people are deserving of love, and I know what's fucking mean and what's a jab. And it's just like, and if you don't, then you're an asshole. You know? Ah, I fucking can't. (laughs) Like you could be funny without being a dick.
0: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Like I don't think. No, no. Where's your intention at? Right? Where the fuck is your intention? like with COVID and also the Black Lives Matter movement, I mean, those two things got like were slamming to the whole world. And did you feel like um, there was a moment for me that I was so like flattened by the world? And then I went, oh, my job is actually to be funny right now yeah. and to find funny yeah. in a positively intentional way. Did you find yourself make that switch? No. No. <laughs> I really respect it. I um No. I. I'm not um, saying I accomplished it. I'm just saying, like, like finding, like, your way through the Me Too movement in a comedic way. Did you also find that journey with COVID? No, and the I haven't. I want to. How are um, you? Yeah. I
1: want to, but I realize with COVID, especially, I know what Me Too is, and um, I but I don't know what COVID is. And I did not know that science was so politicized. I did not know that, um, people have different definitions of a fucking virus. And, uh, so it's just completely infuriating all the time. And plus I'm a stay at home mom now. (laughs) And, um, I didn't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. Like I knew how to hold it down and take care of everyone, um, by going out in the world and making fun of, um, things. But now, uh, yeah, I re- the first two weeks home felt like um, like I was snorkeling, you know? And I was like, this is so beautiful, but I, I'm i overwhelmed. Can I breathe through this new thing? This is crazy. Yeah. And so I didn't know. I didn't know if I could do it. Obviously, I could do it. I'm fucking amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it diapers, <laughs> shit in my nail every day, like a fucking... Oh, so easy. Oh, like a Puerto Rican big titty Kathy Bates in every movie. Just give me some fucking overalls. I'm um, New England. <laughs> um, I don't know, but yeah I, yeah, I haven't, I haven't posted as much. I've been socially distant and, and distant on us uh, social media as well. Um, and plus to also have the universe be like, well, we just going to recycle fucking everything. and like, bam, a race revolution within that feels fucking crazy. And I don't know how to make it, um, funny, in 140 characters or less, and uh, especially with the protesting going on and then police brutality, it's like, I just need a minute. And in the meantime, I got to cut up these chicken nuggets, you know? So,
0: yeah, I got to make my kids look cute for the morning kitchen photo shoot. Yes! Right? It's balance. Like, I don't know. I mean, gosh, a a baby during COVID and then twins. How old are your twins now? They're a year and a half i mean they're ridiculously cute too so you just must like watch them constantly being adorable well when you're so i don't know like they're when
1: i'm in it it feels like i'm in a dryer and it's just like baby limbs i'm like (laughs) but sometimes i just put them in front of the tv to watch sesame street so i could be like oh look at what you did because i don't know how cute they are unless i
0: look at the screen yeah Yeah. well i'm telling you adorable you have like yeah these two um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't have any of the answers. I just know that I'm trying to find my way through as an artist, too. Like- yeah,
1: I know. That's so true. I mean, I love the podcasting. I love that you do this. I love that like, now you know, people have time to listen and watch. I feel like the first month of quarantine felt like the biggest TBT ever, where all the artists really were just like, well, I can't go on tour, so look at all this shit that I've done which has been amazing too. Like I told my husband three days ago, I said, wow, baby, I think I'm successful. And he's like, where have you been? And I'm like, just trying to get through. So I think Mm -hmm. this is a great time for reflection if you have time to do that when you're not wiping your feet off because your kitchen floor is so dirty, just me. And um, (laughs) I think just- Oh no, not just you. (laughs) I think uh, you don't have to be funny, but there's also something about making people feel less alone. That's also beautiful and also our responsibility. And that's what we're doing right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. I I mean, most people I speak to bring up uh, at some point, this is hard in some capacity, whether they're dealing with something like a, a death in the family, like yeah. a, a birth in the family, like it's all hard. And yeah. if we can find our people to connect to over this time, I yeah. think that's, that'll be saving us and just go, yeah. yeah, man, this is hard. Like I can't imagine, I know that you've got a lot to be, I know that you're a person that is grateful and you, you have a lot that you're very positive about, but also it's it's hard. It's so hard. You know, it's so funny because people will, family members
1: and my husband will be like, but it's a beautiful day, but look at our backyard and this, that, and the other. And I'm just like, um, yeah, but it's not real. Like uh, just because I get to sit here and be safe and enjoy this, I can't help but think about the mom that has to go out on a public bus and put a mask on and go treat people and Mm -hmm. then like, hopefully not get COVID. And even if she does, she's still got to work. And then like, you just can't help but think about it, you know, like my Haitian family that has darker skin. It's like what's going to happen when my little cousins grow up and they just walk down the street or fucking jog down the fucking street. Like it's just so fucking bananas. Yeah. So, I think the only way we change the world really is um by educating ourselves. And whatever that means to you, just fucking do it. Um put the time in. People will research where to get a great hamburger on Yelp more than they'll research the person they're voting for. It's fucking bananas um truly uh no yeah it's wild educate yourself and then also think about you know that person that lives five miles from you what is that like that's the only way we change is when we think about everybody else not just ourselves i remember when trump was elected that night and i was crying one of my gaysian friends texted me in la and he's like Man, I voted for Hillary, but I don't really care who wins because I'm gay, but I never, got, I never want to get married and I'm rich, so I'm good. And I'm like, delete unsubscribe fucking ever because you are part of the fucking problem. Don't say I'm not political. It's not even about politics right now. It's about right and wrong. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So hey, Where did you? No, keep it. Are you kidding me? There's no apology necessary. This is-
1: I know, but I didn't mean to get Don Lemon on
0: a bitch. I think this is exactly right. I do because I think okay, that good. this is our time to speak our our mind and our truth, and it, it, you're affecting people with your voice and your thoughts. And I think this is exactly perfect. Aww, get on your feet. I'm. I. I can. <laughs> I mean, we can joke. I mean, we. You're. You're. Uh, and I mean, the delightful thing about you is you're somebody that can obviously connect to comedy and connect to jokes, and you're infinitely positive with your approach to life and it's not a but it's an and you all have this deep right like these deep feelings and and rage and anger towards what's happening and i think those can live simultaneously and they must don't yeah, you they
1: must oh yeah they fucking must truly oh man they fucking must because if you are not offended then you are part of the problem if you're saying shit like take the emotion out of it these are people's lives these are people's lives. Trans people fucking matter. And they are defending our mm. country in the army and not even being heard or respected. Okay? People from South America and Central America are fucking people too. You cannot help where you're born or who the fuck you are. And if you cross the border looking for a better life, it's because you don't want to get killed and wherever the fuck you are, and you want a better life for your fucking country. So why does a white collar crime just be way more acceptable? You're still... Stealing from people, as opposed to people who just want to cross the country to do jobs you don't even want to fucking do, so they could have a better life for generations to come. And now you punish those people and you take their kids away. Now that I have kids, I don't even know. I'm a. I love my dog. I can't. When I am gone, somebody needs to send me pictures of my dog every fucking hour, so I know how she's doing. I cannot even imagine my kid. Stuck Jake. somewhere on the border in a cage with no clothes. I don't know how they pooped. I don't know who's touching them. I don't know who's feeding them. I don't know what they've learned that day, what word they, they're doing, who's looking at them. All that shit is hella traumatizing for everybody oh involved. God. And just to look over it, just because they don't have blonde hair and blue eyes, you are part of the fucking problem, okay? So you want to talk shit about Hitler, you are doing the same
0: goddamn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yes. How, where, <laughs> what, right? How, where, yeah. what do we do with that kind of? Because I think that we are all capable of diving into that kind of injustice. Yeah. And that kind of, like, what the fuck is going on in the world when things like that are happening? Yeah. I know I can dive deep.
1: It's all about um, keeping your world real. Like, yeah, we're going to try as hard as we can to keep everybody safe, but we have to keep our world real. I mean, I got so many text messages and emails from friends, mostly white friends who were like, I'm so sorry, um, you know, that I didn't believe you, that I doubted you, this, that and the other. And it's just like, I am not out here like Al Sharpton at every fucking dinner table trying to get people to sign a fucking petition, but I am you know, just speaking not only my truth, everybody else's truth. And so when I would talk about race at a dinner party, people would roll my eyes. I'm like, this, this is so fucking frustrating. Right. So I think what getting back to what you said, it fucking sucks. It is a low Uh, Like picture black moms who, whose sons want to go to college and they don't know how to, you know, not instill fear in them. They're also like, please go change the world, but also don't die. And this is how you talk to that cop. I mean, think about Black kids that have special needs and people don't even understand that. So like, Mm -hmm. there are all these um, nuances and levels and phases that we have to go through and you definitely have to mourn that shit. But then you say, um, okay, friends, how do we fucking fix it? And it's Mm -hmm. not even just about your Black friends, it's about your Indian, your white, it's about everybody because colorism exists fucking everywhere and every culture in every country. And, um, yeah, man, I think the, I think donating and, um, posting as much, um, really kind of well-written articles that people can kind of digest is where it's at. Um, I don't know how to really do this all safely. I mean, you can do cleanup at a protest if you don't want to go to a protest. But the only reason why the Black Lives Matter movement really has any traction right now is because white people have gotten involved. And that is a good thing that is a good thing i mean mm-hmm. even with me too it's like the only reason why these men were held accountable is because men started believing women so white mm. people essentially for black lives matter are the men in the me too movement and we all need a brad pitt at the end of 12 years of sleep so with that <laughs>
0: said <laughs>
1: It's okay, do whatever you feel comfortable with, you know? People will always say, oh, yeah. where were you, why, why now? Where were you before? Who gives a fuck? As long as you show up, okay? Who gives a fuck? I don't care yeah. if you're late, just show up. Did I answer your I question? Mean, I don't remember the... what the question was at this point.
0: I, I think I was talking about um, makeup <laughs> and French braids, but we got there eventually, uh, I can imagine. <laughs> but I do think that, that when, when I ask myself the question of what do you do with yeah. that pain yeah. that everybody's going through, I think, it's, I think the answer is something. Do you know? Like what, yeah. it's, it's not nothing, and it's something every day. It's, not taking, it's taking your foot and putting on the pedal harder so yeah. that we don't go and give that, that job to somebody else to handle. And I don't know what it looks like. As you said, it lo- could look like a donation. It could look like sharing social media. Yeah. It just has to be something every day where we're, we're in support of equality. Yeah,
1: or like signing a petition,
0: whatever the fuck it is, you know, if yeah. you feel the need. And to that's going to benefit. I mean, if you want to get selfish, it's going to benefit us all if we have a better equality in the world, you know, like it's going it to reverberate so beautifully.
1: I saw this Come meeting on, the other not- day, which I loved. And it said, um, being happy for someone's success will not fuck up yours. And... That applies to everything in your life. Everything in your life that mm-hmm. applies
0: to, you know? Where did you, where do you think you got the skill to be this kind of um, connector to human beings?
1: Fuck, I don't not through know. Through your parents?
0: Like where no, did you like this, no Zen side. this is a trained gene that you've got going on. <laughs> is it from mentors? Who are your like who are the people in your life that taught you to speak up and speak loud? Oh
1: God, I don't have mentors. No, I mean, what? Angela, I feel like it? you're your
0: own mentor. You look yeah. in the mirror and be like.
1: No, I, but truly, I feel like I had to really um, sort of figure shit out by myself. You know, when people hit me up and they're like, can I pick your brain? Um, Cause I want to know how to do this or that. I'm like, no, just figure it out. You know, I, I know that my parents, obviously from third world countries in the Caribbean came here and did their fucking thing um and i remember working uh a little overtime at the news uh station one day and i was so pissed that no one said thank you and i told my dad i'm like no one said thank you and he was like never work for a thank you you do the best job you can and be like you're welcome and so when i realize you know it's on me to make me feel good i'm like okay but then it got to a point where, you know, I was so independent. I didn't know how to be vulnerable in a relationship. I'm like, mm. I can hold my own door. I'll pay for my own drink. I'll touch right. your dick if I want. I'll t- I won't touch it if I don't want. And so it was right. really nice being with someone who's just like, the other clog won't drop. We are good. <laughs> <laughs> he hates <laughs> clog jokes,
0: but that's what I like to do. Oh, I will never. I have a pair of clogs. I love them to bits. Uh, do you feel, I mean, do you feel like comedy saved your life in that sense a little bit? Like saved your life seems like too big of a statement, but I feel like comedy comes along and sort of guides us and saves us sometimes.
1: It really did actually. I mean, it gave me purpose and and it gave me confidence, um, in a way that I didn't have before because, um, you know, I got fired from a job or let go from a job with, uh, i forget the name of the station it was like a spanglish station doing entertainment reporting and um the ep said i was just like you know i i didn't know how to dress myself and i was too big to be on camera i had a professor tell me that before um people have i mean it was only rejection for the first 10 years um but i always had comedy like you could think i was not skinny enough you could think i was not cute enough or uh, feminine enough but you could not fucking take funny away from me that's why like when people are like i don't find her funny i'm like well you don't know how to have fun um <laughs> do you know what i mean like what i don't know what like i can't teach you how to have fun but yeah i i felt like it saved me in a lot of ways where it gave me confidence and strength that i didn't know i needed in my 20s and in my 30s it gave me purpose and hope and now in my 40s i feel like it gives me strength in this voice and this platform to say you are enough You are always enough. Fuck the people who are saying you ain't.
0: Yeah. That's uh, something you just said that people can take anything, but they can't take away your comedy. And that's something that you always have power. (laughs) Like for me, that's my power is comedy. I don't get my power through. I don't know. Uh, Like some other people get power through through their their Instagram or their selfie taking. That doesn't really give me power. My, my, I know that I can walk into a room full of powerful people and yeah. meet their power with my comedy.
1: Yeah. I'm also just done with the word powerful people. Like I'm so like, I'm just so done. Yeah, What like, is that? What is that?
0: Powerful. How like people, people in power positions. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Like people that the- I, it's me, right. I'm giving them that power.
1: Oh, exactly. I'm just, I, you know, if any, if I wanted anyone to tell me anything it would definitely be that, but also that's just something you have to learn as well. Right. It's like, oh man, just, we're mm-hmm. all fucking people. How the fuck are you? Great. We all want something. We all yeah. want to like forget something. So it's just like, yeah, you're not better than anyone yeah. because you make more money or have a corner office.
0: Yeah. Yeah, even actually you might be a little bit worse because you're in an office and I'm on my own <laughs> doing what I want. I'm Living my own boss. My life is held in. I'm braless for sure. I am too. I, I mean, know. is there a, I haven't worn a bra for many months during COVID <laughs> and when I do wear a bra, I'm like, why would I ever wear these? And shoes, remember shoes?
1: No, they're all away tucked in the closet.
0: Yeah. Um I know that, I know that 9/11 shook your world and re rejigged everything for you. What was Michelle Buteau before and after 9/11? Oh wow. Um, I think before 9/11, um,
1: it's sort of it's sort of like this Black Lives Matter movement where I knew there was terrorism. I saw the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies and uh, Die Hard. Like I knew there was like this, you know, I knew people didn't like America. Like I knew there was terrorists, but I just didn't know to what length. Uh, And um, so working in the news department, it was a lot of house fires and um, corrupt politicians and like um, a girl goes missing or a woman goes, you know, there was a lot of like that but um that was uh that made me rethink everything you know, um how disposable people found life um, how um unsafe we were, um, mm-hmm. how racist and uh, ignorant and uneducated um, Americans were about um the difference between being Arabic and Indian. Uh, There were so many things that um, I couldn't really fully process till maybe five years later. And I remember Mm -hmm. my news director, um, you know, a couple weeks in, because we were working 12 to 16-hour shifts, and I just remember not food shopping at all for that month or two because they just would feed us. And she was like, we can offer you guys therapy. And I'm like, no, I'm going to do stand-up because I I don't fucking – what the fuck was I – and I'm like, I'm good, I'm good. i do not it's like, take the fucking therapy. Um, which mm-hmm. Now I'd be like, now. thank you. I know, I wish that shit was like a birthright trip where I'm like, I'll take it now. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, <laughs> man, it was really fucking wild. And also, um, it also taught me this, not to be cheesy, but just the strength of New Yorkers. Um mm. I'd always come to New York. I lived in New York for like a few months then. I'm from Jersey. It's not too far away. But, you know, when you see people just out volunteering, um, just people lifting people up off the, just you would walk down the street and see someone bawling on a sidewalk and a perfect stranger would just lift them up and just say, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, and help them, you know, just carry them. Um, Mm -hmm. The missing pictures everywhere, the, all of it just, was like really a crazy fucking horror movie and i can and i can only imagine what it's like for people now because it i feel like there's always part of any tragedy that is cheapened to a holiday to a sale at macy's to a t-shirt to a pin you know to a hashtag you know mm-hmm. so to a boomerang and so yeah that was really fucking
0: wild and then you started comedy like right away to go slash therapy. Three days. First day doing comedy September 14th,
1: 2001. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Kid, I was did, interested in it did, before, but I didn't know if I could. Like I had yeah. taken a class. I'm like, how do I write a joke? I don't know if I'm going to do this. How do I do? Oh I don't, how do you hold a mic? I don't know if I can. So like I took a class and I was like, I don't think so. This is so stupid. This, it's all men talking about like
0: people sucking their dicks. It's like, that's not me. I feel like you've been writing jokes since like you were a child though I feel like when you started writing jokes you went wait a second I've actually been writing jokes for a long time
1: (laughs) It's so funny you say that because when I was like eight or nine I lived in a cul-de-sac in Hamilton Square Jersey and um, there was like seven houses in the cul-de-sac and I decided to make a magazine called Head Over Heels and I would put (laughs) I would have like the cover of the magazine it was like a severed head in a shoe and I would like write about what happened on the street that week And I'd, like, color it and staple it and, like, put it in everyone's mailbox. I'm just, like, can't wait to get feedback. And I'm just, like, so-and-so's dog did so-and-so. And And, and, um, my parents got so many neighbors who were, like, can your kid not put her shit in our mailbox? And I'm, like, ugh. And I do feel like that's when I came up with my mantra is, like, if they don't want to hear from me, they're going to hear about me. Ugh. And I thought it was such a beautiful fucking idea. I was head over heels, but it was a head in a heel. You know, whatever. I'm not no, an person. I'm still.
0: This. I'm a fan. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, all the neighbors are like, "You're kind of terrorizing our children <laughs> with this picture of a head."
1: Things that people would think are simple scare me. I have an irrational fear of bugs. I, if a spider's around me, I think I'm going. I fold like a beach chair. I think I'm going to die. I'm like clap, clap, clap. And my husband's like, "Relax." I'm like, "Easy for you to say, camper Dutch." What? And right, yeah. um, uh, sometimes I get like a little panic attack if I drive over a bridge and I feel like it's not um, in good shape because now that I have these twins and I'm driving over a bridge mm-hmm. by myself, I'm not even, I guess I'm a catastrophizer, but I'm just like, how, it's a mom thing too. It's like, how do I save both twins in a car seat if we go over? Wow. Yeah. If I there's a fire at night, that. how do we jump out of the window? If I'm, like there's a whole, there's a whole thing.
0: Yeah yeah but it's nothing to do with your like career or like those kind of fears in comparison to driving over a bridge that collapses are like I can handle anything on set I can handle any kind of executives
1: <laughs> yeah that also was like sort of the IVF of it all because um I would go to a set for the first time and just feel um there's always that thing where it's just like uh am I good enough and after your body sort of fails you and then like i had to go to surrogacy um pick surrogacy as an option to have kids and then it wasn't legal in the state of new york and i felt like my state failed me (laughs) and my country was failing me because healthcare is so misogynistic i was like wow then this little fucking hollywood bullshit should be fun and if it's not then i don't need to be a part of it you Uh, know yes especially now with covid it's not the end all be all like you know, it does suck for a lot of reasons, especially because as a size 18 broad, I just started getting sex seeds. And it's not like I'm some, like, pervert, but I'm just like, this representation is fucking important. Like, you got to normalize these titties and people need to know that big bitches yeah. are worthy of love, too. Because I know there's a lot of big bitches back there, back there, in here. Ow, put your hands up. <laughs> Boys and girls in high school who have been shamed. Yeah, yeah. man. There's, like, the person that likes you but doesn't want to, like, like you in public and shit. And it's just, like, get me out of that fucking closet because now Forever 21 yeah. got a plus-size fucking unit. Bitch! Yes.
0: <laughs> are, you, are you doing nudie scenes? Uh
1: Yeah, I've done... I did topless for Tales of the City, but they cut it out. It was really funny because when the director saw my titties, he completely was like, I don't know how to like that. And I was like, fair enough. Um... <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna need two lights, buddy. Look, call it back up, bitch. We need a jib camera for this ass. <laughs> um, wow. um there's a little sex scene. It was more like an oral sex scene in um almost love on Netflix now, and then also First Wives Club available on B E T Plus. Um lots of sex scenes up in there, like with my husband and then like another dude. I'm just like, oh, this oh. is great. Like I am A lot of people are like, you need to run this by me. I'm like, I'm cool.
0: If you don't have (laughs) panties, I'll bring my own. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you remember a moment like when you were like, like in your body and in the right place, the right time, you know, that feeling where you're like, I'm owning this journey and you're not looking back thinking, oh, maybe I should see if Walmart's hiring.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I always felt like I'm very decisive decisive and i always felt like stand-up is where i want to be
0: yeah as soon as you made the decision there was no turning the first
1: night since the first night i was like i don't know how this is gonna play out but i like it it feels like i'm good at it let's see what happens like my husband i didn't want to talk to anyone else i'm like i like you i will even argue with you and not mind that i'm cool with that
0: Yeah. yeah uh i don't know how you do it all can you imagine doing it all? Like with all the things that came at you all at the same time, do you have any advice? Like, Hey, do you ever have a time that you're like, Oh, I have to turn something down. Cause it's all too much for me. Or do you have any advice when everything starts happening at once?
1: Well, you know, I said yes to everything until like, um, I didn't have time. And I like to say yes to things because you know, for better, for worse, you learn from the good and the bad um but then i i started i was just more picky and i'm like okay i'll say yes to things that um you know that have a good vibe you know that Mm. i'm not gonna be embarrassed about um so yeah i I don't know i feel like also people love to create but they never want to show their shit to anyone or finish it because they already have talked themselves, you know, into a corner that it's not good enough. And look, I'm out here and I'm reading people's shit and I'm meeting people and basic people love themselves, honey. And the most talented people I know are in a corner saying it's not good enough. So it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm um, with you. I'm you know? with you. Uh, what do you want to be best known for? Um, being a good person. Uh, two words to describe your present state of mind. Uh, hot mess. <laughs> if this was a movie, if your life was a movie, what would have been the climactic moment leading up to this moment right now? Um, when I find a bathing suit that fits. <laughs> what, do you, what do people not know about you? Um, that I'm scared of spiders. Uh, when you spring into action, what is your usual first step in a project? My right eye starts to blink. I mean, it has a heartbeat. <laughs> what is something that you haven't done yet, but you know you must do?
1: Um, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I feel fair. like, I feel like I haven't found it yet. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think, you know what? I, um, I, I want to make um, a movie. I want to make a movie.
0: Yes, please. My final question, and I know, um, I know one of the things you've said, because usually we say what's advice you would have given to your younger self, and you say don't tell yourself no because other people are going to tell you yeah. no. But what's advice you would give to your present self? Um, advice I give to my present self? Um,
1: uh, the glass is half full, more than half empty, but keep fighting
0: for what's right. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. I got it right! Okay, you got all of them right. You you win something. <laughs> you win like this whale. I don't know. Don't give me your thing. Okay. I love you. Goodbye. <laughs> you win this. You win. No, it's nothing. It's not even real. It's enjoy it. Oh. Um, I love you so much. Thank you so much for your time. Apologize to your children for taking you away oh, from them. Oh please! Oh please! Oh please! Oh, wow! Um, I think Hi. you're the best. thank you. You're Michelle. the best. I mean, I knew she was deeply, incredibly hilarious and I knew she had a strong point of view in the world and that she was kind. And then I spoke to her and we went all of those places. Like I just love how truly authentic she is. You know, she just jumped into the conversation and we dove into some good laughs and we dove into some good chats and I'm I'm grateful for that time with her and I'm grateful to be able to share it with you. And if you haven't watched our Blaze Award presentation, head over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash firecrackerdept, and you can catch up on all our TIFF red carpet from this past Sunday. All of it! Michelle just puts just a a buteau on everything she does, and that makes her such a unique and fantastic creator and artist in front of the camera and behind the camera and in just the world she exists in. It's an inspiration. And as she said, you know, just moving forward, doing all this stuff with kindness. I don't know about you, but I'm going to take a page out of Michelle's book. Not the book coming out in December, because I want to read that. I don't want any pages missing. But a page from her book. I'm going to fold it into a cute little airplane and i'm gonna just let it fly follow michelle at michelle b-u-t-e-a-u and send her some firecracker love say congrats for the blaze award say congrats for your life and let us know also on instagram or twitter at firecracker d-e-p-t what your favorite michelle buteau moment was what's your favorite quote hmm? she's got an amazing gift game over on twitter so check that out and let us know what stuck with you Don't forget her Netflix special, Welcome to Butopia, comes out September 29th. I'm gonna be watching it, and then I'm gonna be tweeting about it, so I'll see you there. And then her book, Survival of the Thickest, comes out on December 8th. Oh boy, I mean, her credits alone, just reading those. I don't know how she does it, but she does, and I'm grateful for it. I'm so thankful that she gave us some time. I know she's busy, and I love that I was able to share her voice with our community at Firecracker Department like i always say there's space for everyone within the firecracker department and if you're not already part of our facebook members group why not there's tons of stuff going on over there that's our central hub for connecting with the firecracker community and where all our event reminders conversations and connections happen uh like our sparkler department which is little firecrackers so if you have kids Go check out the sparkler department. Or are you an actor or a writer? Because we have the script department and writing department as well. Weekly, the writing department posts a prompt on Mondays so that you can do that anytime. Plus we do a little writing gym with bursts so you don't even have to prepare anything. We do that on Zoom every Thursday. Come and join us over there. Every Sunday we host a community brunch on Zoom that new and current firecrackers looking to meet other creative people like you can hang out and connect and it's always really fun we drink coffee we often wear our pajamas and have bathrobes and that's the way it rolls we always want to know what you're doing and how we can help you move forward creatively monthly we host a script department reading series a wellness department meditation live spark chats on instagram with past podcast guests and even a movie club yeah there's a lot going on and there's a department and a seat for everyone at the firecracker table come find yours share your voice with the world and connect with your people stay in the loop with everything i just threw at you by subscribing to our newsletter at firecrackerdepartment.com big huge ginormous thanks to my whole team i'm throwing my arms up ginormous everyone who's in los angeles toronto vancouver new york and all the way over in the uk thanks to all our core members for everything that they do online and off to make this community this firecracker department growing into what it is becoming which is so important to me and from what i'm hearing from the feedback it's important to you too so thank you big thanks to Jeff Militinovic and Igor Karila for our theme music we love it and thanks to you yeah you the one listening right now for taking the time to listen because we know there's a lot of options out there and we so appreciate you taking the time to listen to us thanks everybody thanks for listening I'm Naomi and we'll see you next time on the firecracker department